0: Hello, and welcome to the Neshamah Project podcast. I'm your host, Rabbi Ben Newman. Today we'll be exploring the joyous holiday of Tuba'av, the 15th of Av, uh, sometimes known as the Jewish Day of Love. Tuba'av comes at the height of summer and has fascinating historical significance and mystical meaning. To understand this holiday more deeply, We'll be digging into some ancient and mystical texts, including a teaching from Rabbi Menachem Nassim of Chernobyl's work Maori HaNayim, and a text from the Talmud. So let's get started. Tuba'av is mentioned in the Mishnah as one of the happiest days for the Jewish people. Historically, it was a day of matchmaking. Unmarried women would dance in the vineyards in white dresses, hoping to attract a husband. Beyond this folk custom, Tubaab also marked the day when intermarriage between Jewish tribes was permitted. Previously, this had been forbidden to maintain each tribe's land inheritance. As the Torah says regarding the daughters of Tzalofelchad, they were only permitted to marry within their own tribe. But on Tuba'av, the tribes came together. Love triumphed over old divisions. In the Talmud, Tuba'av was also associated with other joyous events. It was the day annually when the deaths of Jews in the desert after the Exodus ceased, and it was when the tribe of Benjamin was allowed to reconnect with the rest of Israel after a long estrangement. Again, connection after separation, a restoration of bonds. Here are some quotes about Tuba'av from the Talmud, Tractate Ta'anit 30b. It is Rabbah and Rav Yosef who both say, The 15th of Av was the day on which they stopped chopping down trees for the arrangement of wood that burned on the altar. As it is taught in the Baraita that Rabbi Eliezer the Great says, From the 15th of Av onward, the strength of the sun grows weaker. And from this day they would not cut additional wood for the arrangement, as they would not be properly dry, and they would therefore be unfit for use in the temple. Rav Manasha said, And they called the 15th of Av the day of the breaking of the scythe, as from this date onward no more trees were cut down, and therefore it was a celebration for the trees. The Gemara adds, from the 15th of Av onward, when the days begin to shorten, one who adds to his nightly or her nightly Torah study or their nightly Torah study will add years to their life, and they who do not add will be gathered. The Mishnah also stated that the daughters of the Jewish people would go out and dance in the vineyards. Atana taught, one who did not have a wife would turn to there to find one. Ula of the city of Biraa said that Rabbi Elazar said, "In the future, the Holy Blessed One will arrange a dance, machol of the righteous, and God will be sitting among them in the Garden of Eden, and each and every one of the righteous will point to God with their finger, as it is stated." And it shall be said on that day, Behold, this is our God for whom we waited, that God might save us. This is yod for whom we waited. We will be glad and rejoice in their salvation. Isaiah 25.9 God will be revealed so that every righteous individual will be able to say, This is our God, as though they were pointing at them with a finger. It's the day of the height of the sun and the moon, full moon of Av, the hottest mud. But ultimately, the power of the moon, the power of water, is stronger than even the burning heat of the sun. For the Chernobyl Rebbe, Tuba Av points to an even deeper mystical truth. Let's listen to his teaching from Maore Naim. He starts by quoting a verse from Exodus fifteen twenty through twenty one, from the crossing of the sea after the exodus from Egypt. V'tikach <speaking> Miriam <in> hanaviah, achot Aharon et hatov beyada, v'tetzena kol hanashim achareya, betupim u bemacholot, rata'an lahem Miriam shiru Ladonai. Ki Gao Ga Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with their timbrels and dancing, and Miriam called out to them, Sing to Yudhe Vauhe, who is most exalted, horse and rider the holy one has thrown into the sea a close reading of these verses reveals several questions what does this come to teach us that all the women went out after miriam and where exactly did she take them and why does it stress that they were dancing and why does moses say i will sing to yhdhevavhey in the future tense while miriam says sing to yhdhevavhey in the present tense, it seems there is a hint in the teaching from the Talmud, that, quote, In the future the Holy One of Blessing will hold a dance for the righteous and will sit among them, and each of them point to God, saying, This is God for whom I have hoped, and also in Rashi's explanation that the dance will be in the shape of a circle like the strip of land that separates one person's orchard from another, for the word machol has both meanings. We can understand the connection if we look at how the cosmos was made, for when it arose in God's simple will to create the cosmos, God withdrew the divine self and made a circle of non-divinity within the infinite divine, and only then created the worlds, with the straight line of divine light which pierced the empty space. All the worlds drew on the divine light for their substance in equal measure until the cosmos had manifested and the different worlds had begun to differentiate each according to the amount of divine energy within it. In the highest world, the divine self only slightly limited the divine light and in the next lower world there is more limitation and so on until the last world even now each world continues to receive the divine effulgence from above and gives of it to the world below and the world and the lower world must grow in order to receive the effulgence from above and learn from it how to serve god And we who live in the lowest world grasp God in the opposite direction, from the bottom up, raising the holy sparks, growing as we pass from one level to the next, receiving more and learning at each stage how to better serve God, so all the worlds and everything exist as male and female For when something gives, it is called male, and when it receives, it is called female. But in the future, everyone will fix his or her soul to its root, raising the holy sparks back up to the Holy One, and the very essence of outerness will be nullified, so that no one and nothing is left outside. Then will the full brilliance of the divine light appear in every world, and the circle and the line will be equal, then there will be no such thing as male and female. For everything will grasp the divine light in equal measure, as in a circle where there is no beginning and no end. Then no one will need to learn from another, just as each farmer whose orchard is circled by a mahol receives their sustenance from their own share of land and does not take from their neighbors. This is the meaning of Jeremiah's prophecy, no longer will a person teach their neighbor, for everyone from the smallest to the greatest will know the Holy One. And of the teaching from the Talmud, in the future the Holy One of blessing will hold a dance for the righteous and will sit among them. This is also the meaning of the hakafot, the circle dances we dance on Hoshana Rabbah and Shemini which we perform in the mystery of Jeremiah's prophecy. yud heh will create a new thing on earth. A woman will encircle a man. For through the Hakafot we bring down the divine light in which there is no male and female. And this was the intention of Miriam the prophetess when she led all the women out and danced Hakafot with them. Now the full brilliance of the Divine Light had not yet appeared when Moses and the others sang, and they had not yet come to a deeper understanding of God, so they spoke from a place where male and female exist separately. So they said, I will sing to YHVH, that is, when I understand, then I will sing. But Miriam brought down the Divine Light through her dancing, and then they achieved the highest understanding of divinity possible. And so she told them, Sing now to Yudheb Avhe. What an amazingly gorgeous interpretation from Manatham Natham of Chernobyl, from the Naim. And this interpretation to Ba'av gives us a taste. Of the future unity and equal connection to the divine that will come for all humanity. And there is no male and no female where we are all unified and all one. The sun and the moon are alluded to here as well, as Tuba'ab is the time with the strength of the sun and the strength of the moon being so much at its height. And that is why the moon here corresponding to the female and the sun corresponding to the male, both at their height, there's this equality and there is this moment where everyone and everything is one. So we celebrate this even now through dance while working patiently to bring light into the darkness of a fragmented world. So the Rebbe sees Tuba'av as anticipating the long-awaited messianic era. He connects the women dancing in a circle to the future vision from the Talmud of the holy dance of the righteous with the divine in the Garden of Eden. The circular dance represents the end of all hierarchies and divisions. It embodies the unity that the future messianic world will bring with all people connected equally to the light of the infinite. And when everybody is pointing to God in the circle, they're pointing to each other. Tuba'av allows us to tap into this prophetic vision of love and unity that will one day come to fruition. The dancing breaks boundaries as the women join together beyond tribes. This holiday comes at the height of the summer, when the power of the moon balances the sun's intense heat. As the Rebbe writes, the power of water, the feminine aspect of our world, ultimately overcomes all. So, Tuba'av teaches us to have hope, even in dark times, that separation and suffering will end. Liberation will come as it did for our ancestors in the wilderness, the dancing during Tuba'av is a celebration of the joy we will all share one day. I hope that you enjoyed this mystical understanding of Tuba'av. May it inspire you to reflect on breaking boundaries and bringing more love into your life and community. May it inspire you to have hope for that time. When all suffering will end, where joy will fill the earth and equality will reign supreme. That's all for this episode of the Neshama Project podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave a review and follow us. I look forward to sharing more teachings with you soon. Take care.